0: Welcome to 54 Live, your live golf podcast. I am your host, Diggsies, and once again joined by my co-host, Jake. Jake, what's going on, buddy?
1: Man, life is pretty awesome. Just got back from the sand dunes. Favorite place on earth. Great place to just kind of refresh, retox, so you know, be able to get your, your head right for this live, this live golf weekend here in Tulsa. I'm excited. It's in, it's in my home state. I'm pumped.
0: Yes, it is the sixth event of the year heading to Oklahoma Cedar Ridge Country Club this weekend, May 12th to the 14th. And like Jake said, man, right outside of Tulsa, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. It's over in Broken Arrow, which, I mean, Broken Arrow, Tul- Tulsa Metro pretty much is all one city, even though like, it's it's kind of like Oklahoma City where there's a t- bunch of little suburb cities, but there's not really. There's just one city. That's kind of how it is. I mean, it's, it's Tulsa. And um, we're super, super pumped for this because uh, this is, um, you know, Cedar Ridge is, is one that has... Had many LPGA and uh, women's amateur events in the past, Uh, but no, this is the first time uh, for the big stage for men at this this course. Um, In the past, there's really only been two courses in Oklahoma that have really held um, top tier pro events or even pro events in Oklahoma. Southern Uh, Hills, eh? yeah, Southern Southern Hills, and then Oak Tree National, which are just two of the meanest courses in, in in the world, in my opinion. Um, I think Oak Tree National has the highest, uh, actual stroke, uh, slope rating in America, by the way. Uh, I'll have to check that it's like over 79. It's pretty mean. Yeah. Um, but then, um, so also, uh, but just to see it, two more courses get added this year, I mean, if you don't know, the Corn Fairy event ha- is taking place in, uh, there's a Corn Fairy event taking place in Norman, Oklahoma, uh, next month, which is pretty cool. To just to be able to see that happen at, at one of my, one of my home courses, like actually where I live. And then just to see Cedar Ridge, um, you know, get the opportunity to spotlight. It's just its just so awesome to see more golf in Oklahoma taking
0: place. Yeah. And then like you said last week, you got the Byron Nelson a few hours away and um, it looks on Twitter. You said it. I've seen other people say it, but all the people from the area, you know, Fort Worth, Dallas, talks, uh, what have you. I feel like Liv is getting more play than the event at the Byron Nelson. I mean,
1: the, you can see what they were trying to do for counter moves. I mean, uh, they were talking about bringing the uh, 17th hole with the Byron Nelson being a party hole as a way to kind of counteract this lack of, you know, thrust. Yeah. This is kind of weird because Dallas, if you don't know, has two events uh, for the PGA Tour, the Dallas Metro. Uh, you get one, You get the Colonial in Fort Worth, which is the, the Ben Hogan event. And then you have the Byron Nelson, which is uh, in, in Dallas. I mean, it's not Dallas. It's like in Las Colinas, but it's... Uh, Basically, it's the Byron Nelson event. So, I mean, it's it's two signature events for two signature legends of the, of the tour and for legends of pro golf. And neither one of them was an elevated event this year. It's super weird. And it's showing up because the, the pros that even the pros that live in the Dallas area aren't even playing. Because
0: like Jordan Spieth saying, I have a wrist injury. Yeah. And you, you do see, yeah, I saw what they made, they tried to make that. Is it the 17th hole of the park? I, I think it was the
1: 17th hole uh, yeah, from what I read. They're trying there. to make
0: it look like uh, the waste management, and mm-hmm. especially after what they did in uh, Adelaide, you know, made that a party hole too. So I feel like all these courses now that they're, you know, I, the waste management was the first to do it, but after Liv did it and how successful it was and getting all those you know, video clips and, you know, social media clips from when Chase Kepka made that home one. I'm going to, I, a lot of courses are going to start doing the same thing. And we see that at the Byron Nelson.
1: Yeah. And that's their, that's their opportunity to try to counteract the fact that they, that they, that they had two events in, like I said, in the Dallas Metroplex and didn't make one of them an elevated event, which is so weird to me. Yeah. But, you know, back with Liv, you know, I, I like I live in Oklahoma City. So it's, it's basically two hours to Tulsa, three hours to Dallas. And you ask everybody around my country club uh, where I play, and I mean my country club's a, a pretty blue. It's like a, it's like a it's like a blue car. Co- it's like a, a a white collar, but not white collar mm-hmm. country club. Like it's I know like, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, it's like plumbers and electricians country club. You know, like guys who work a lot. Yeah, like myself. Um, and so we um, you know, we talk around about like you know everything. You know, we're playing our weekly tournaments or weekly scrambles, or whatever, and. Everybody's talking about, hey, man, you going to live this weekend? Hey, man, you you doing this? What days are you going? What days are you going? Did the wife want to go with you? Yada, yada. Do you have lodging? When are you going up there? What shirts are you getting? But there's not one talk about the Byron Nelson. Crazy. And it's just, it's just, it's so weird.
0: Yeah. And honestly, a big reason for that, I got to say, is the amount of, well, there's what, four, five Oklahoma State players in the field and one Oklahoma player. You got Gooch. Back, coming off back-to-back wins. Um, Peter Uline and Charles Howell III, all Oklahoma State, and they're the top three guys ranked in the live standings right now. So yep. Oklahoma State is showing out. And you got Matthew Wolf and Eugenio Chakakara, who also went to Oklahoma State. And then Abraham Anser went to Oklahoma. So you got a lot of hometown heroes. And, you know, it looks like the people of Oklahoma are going to come out and, you know, show us how they do it.
1: Well, you know, for a long time, Oklahoma, you got to remember, we get we get we've been crapped on for a long time as far as the PGA tour goes. I mean, yes, we have gotten majors, but understand, last year's major was a last minute substitution because they didn't want to associate with Trump anymore. Mm-hmm. And before that, was that, supposed
0: to be at Bedminster, right?
1: Yes, I think so. And um, we had um, you know a, a course a PGA, you know, uh, or a U.S. Open a long time ago at Southern Hills. And then we had a, like a, a, I think a PGA at Oak Tree National, like back in 1980 or 90 or whatever. But the point is, is that, you know, Oklahoma's been neglected by the PGA Tour for a long time. It's been a growing market as far as um, actual population and just golf participation. And it's about damn time to see top tier pro level golf
0: in Oklahoma. Yeah, that's great. And like you said, Cedar Ridge Country Club, um, par 70, 7,200 yards. You're from the area. What can you tell us about it? Um, so I have never played this course. I know somebody who lives on on
1: the on the sixteenth uh, green. Um, shout out to him. I'm gonna probably like you know sneak into where his dogs his dogs <laughs> sleep on Friday night. No, I mean he's one of those that like his he feeds his dogs like like really good food. And I'm like yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> like he, like his wife gets rotisserie chickens for their dogs. I'm like really. I'm yeah. I'm like sh- stop that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so uh, nice. It's a nice place. Um, Ultimately it's, it's, it's got a couple of sucker holes. I mean, that's very tight. Um, number one handicap hole is a par five, kind of like over at Tucson and Orlando where they had the number one handicap hole on both of those courses was actually a par five. Um, however, the course is not very long overall. I mean, they've set it up to be a little bit shorter than what you might expect. And that's probably a good thing. Um, the big question to me is going to be number three. Uh, Hole number three is set up a lot like number nine at Tucson. If you guys remember number nine at Tucson, it was one of those holes where um, the way the hole plays, it it plays like 380, um, but there's a direct route to the hole that um, makes it about 300 yards. And that's a big deal because, you know, we're going to see somebody, you know, get get a little froggy. I'm curious to see how many people, you know, just get stupid and try to go for it and, you know,
0: suffer for it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, me and you are always talking about, you know, Oklahoma area and the weather. And you said that, you know, the the major, you know, it's all about the wind, you know, like the wind is the major protector for these courses. Now, looking at the weather, 50 percent chance of thunderstorms on Friday, 50 percent rain on Saturday, 60 percent chance of rain on Sunday. If that wind picks up, how hot is it going to be for these guys?
1: Well, so it's showing on those days, um, Friday, they're showing about 12 miles per hour, um, which is not wind in Oklahoma. Like we don't consider it actually a windy day unless it's about 20. Okay. Now the pros might consider that about, about a windy day because 12 is 12, 12 can move, can move some balls. But I mean, in Oklahoma, if you play Oklahoma golf, you understand that like anything below 20 is still, is still zero wind in our mind. Um, which 20 is two club wind, by the way. Um. It looks like it's going to be pretty pretty, pretty uh, chill on on uh, Sunday um, as far as the current forecast. But, again, uh, forecasts in Oklahoma, they're accurate, but they can change a lot in the, in the span of a, a day or two. Um, yeah. Because if you guys don't know, the National Weather Service is, is stationed in Norman, Oklahoma, where I live. And we literally get the best weather results possible for our chaotic weather.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I remember two weeks ago, you said out of nowhere, a tornado came right near the area and swiped right yeah. through, right?
1: Yeah. Well, um, one of the cities near where I live actually got completely destroyed. Crazy. But you know, it happens. It's Oklahoma. We, we, we expect it. We plan for it, and we deal with it. Yeah. Um, you know, the big thing I will tell you this about this week is what I would do. And this is what I, I, I know Taylor Gooch knows how to do this. I know that I had a couple of the guys who play in Oklahoma or play in areas like Oklahoma that they'll, they'll know what to do. But, um, when you're on a course, especially a course you're not 100% familiar with, it's very easy to get lost on what your directions are, especially if there's a lot, a lot of overgrown trees and uh, slope changes. So, like, when I go play my dad's course at Mira Vista in Fort Worth, there's lots of hills, lots of really tall trees. I can sometimes forget my directions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I was them, I would definitely have a compass on me in my bag. Um, and I would just look at the weather forecast before I tee off and look exactly at what the wind direction is and mark it for like your hours. Cause it will tell you like, Hey, the wind direction is blowing to the Northeast and it'll have a number next to it and it'll blow or it's blowing to the Southwest or to this or to that. And realistically what I do whenever I play golf, um, before I tee off, I look at, at the weather forecast, exactly what direction the wind is playing today. And I just write it down on my scorecard. And if it's going to change throughout the round, I kind of I kind of notate that, mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, like, uh, like if I, notate, if I if I see like two hours later, it's going to be it's to be this direction. I'll write that on the back nine page. But I will then just basically
0: trust that play that way. Yeah, and then right before you tee you off, you check the compass. Exactly. Make sure I'm, I'm, I I have my directions. And exactly, y- you heard him say, yeah, two hours once we get to the back nine. Me and Jake were talking to you, uh, earlier today. He's playing two. Two and a half, three-hour rounds da- down there in Oklahoma, and everybody that's from the Northeast or anywhere else, when we're playing four and a half, five-hour rounds, you know, you got to be jealous because I certainly
1: am. It, it can, it can be pretty nice. A lot of it's just basically knowing when you're playing and like knowing what what pace you can expect. Um, you know, because I'll tell you this, and I've told, I've told I've told Daisy this: pace of play is very important the faster you play, the better your play. Yep. Um, and that's, and that's, I firmly believe that when I, when I say that, I don't mean like being reckless, like running up and, and hitting your ball when you're out of breath. I'm not talking about just keeping getting into a, a rhythm, pace of play. Yeah. yeah, getting into a rhythm, not thinking about your shot. And I mean, seriously, not thinking about yeah. your shot. Cause when you sit there and do a Patrick Cantley for 45 minutes, I mean, you're, you're going to shank a ball.
0: Yep. And my best round ever was the round that I played it on the three hours, you know, like, you know, on the weekends here in New York, Long Island, you get four and a half, five hour rounds, sometimes five and a half hour rounds. Like when you're playing a hole and you're waiting every single shot and waiting on the tee, it's just by the time you get to like the 13th hole, you want to go home, you know?
1: Yeah, like, you're, yeah you're, you're pissed. You probably got, got a sunburn.
0: Yep, you're exhausted. <laughs> Exactly. On to the golf itself. Taylor Gooch is looking to go back to back to back. First golfer ever to win back to back on live. He's playing amazing golf right now. Um, He just got into the PGA Championship thanks to his, um, uh, I believe, top 60 in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you think? You think Gooch could take it home again or you think one of the other Oklahoma State products will... I still – it's crazy that all three guys are in the top standings right now. You know Uline, Charles the III, Taylor Gooch. they got to have familiarity with the area and the course, right?
1: Um, not so much with the no? course itself. But I will tell you that Gooch has the best familiarity with Oklahoma itself. Um, as you mentioned, there are six players who played their college here in Oklahoma. However, Gooch is the only player who actually lived – And lives in Oklahoma. Okay. So understand, all the other players were transplants to Oklahoma for their college experience. Yeah, they were only there
0: for three, four years and good there his
1: whole life. And then move and then moved away. Yeah. Um, You know. Uh, so you can't, it's, it's a little different. Uh, Gooch, he's a member over here at Gallardia, uh, up in Oklahoma City, and he's also a member at Oak Tree National. So he plays those two courses consistently whenever he's not training or at, at like an actual event. Those are, those are his home courses. When he wants to actually play 65 or better, he goes and plays Gallardia. When he wants to challenge himself, he goes and plays Oak Tree National. Those are his courses that he plays. Interesting. Um, so he knows Oklahoma golf well. Um, I think that he has the skill set, the knowledge, and the understanding of how to play in our conditions to win this in a lights out fashion. However, <laughs> he's gonna have a lot in his plate this week. He yeah. has already. Um he has lots of foundation things. Because of this being his homecoming event, Liv is kind of doing with him what Camp they did with camp Smith, where they're taking him away from the golf course a lot.
0: Yep, there was that big event yesterday, right? It also was the Teleguch meetup. Yes which I mean, I understand that these are only
1: like two or three hour events in and of themselves, but these are time during the daylight hours where he's not at the golf course, not doing something golf related. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, anytime that you have something else that's dividing your time when it comes to golf, you and I got, we all know guys, it can, it can, it can take away your dividends. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So I expect him to be able to play good golf and I expect him to have the knowledge and the fortitude and the most importantly, the form. To, to be able to win this week. I just, it's, it's hard for me to bet on him this week just because I know that he's going to have the added focus, the added focus, the added, you know, events, the added meet and greets, the added, you know, handshakings. who, who's a it, house. It's, you know, Hey, we need you to talk to this person because he's an, you know, a, a big-time billionaire here in Oklahoma, and we need you to talk to him, you know?
0: And there's also the one thing, too. He's currently not in the U.S. Open field when he's easily a top 20 player in the world right now, top 10 player in the world right now, and you know that has to be eating him up because, you know, they mess with the requirements. He should be in the U.S. Open field, so you know that, you know, whether he plays great or not, he probably still won't be in it, but you know that has to be in the back of his mind.
1: I think it's in the back of his mind, but I think it's bothering Phil Nicholson more than it's bothering yeah. him, yep. at least actively. Um, you know, Gooch kind of understood his situation before this year started. Um, now, I think when the USGA made that ruling, they weren't single-handedly targeting Gooch, right? It wasn't a target at Gooch. It did affect Gooch, but yeah, it wasn't Gooch a is target. the
0: only one it affected.
1: Right, but it wasn't a target at Gooch, and the reason why I say that is because at that point in time, Taylor Gooch was a known asset in golf. He was not a name brand. Okay, only in the past month has he become as he as he risen up and become really a name brand in golf. So, the USGA is kicking themselves right now because of their current situation. Yeah. But it wasn't. I don't think it was done as a as a specific targeting toward Taylor, Taylor Gooch. It was more of a defense toward the PGA situation. Um, however, that being said, I mean, if I was the USGA, what I would do in this situation, assuming Taylor Gooch does not place high enough in the top twenty four at the uh, PGA Championship, which would probably secure him the points to be able to get up into there and qualify for the U.S. Open, um, assuming assuming that does not happen. We know Will Zalatoris is not playing. We know Will Zalatoris has qualified. I, if I was the USG, if I was Mike Wan, the USGA head head person, he has a revolt on his hands right now. Yeah. He has people turning in bag tags. What I would do if I was him is, I would say because Will Zalatoris cannot accept his position, we would like to extend his position to Taylor Gooch. Yeah, that that, and that would be. The best thing for both sides, because he's not admitting that he was wrong, but he's also rectifying a problem that yeah. he caused.
0: He's extending an olive branch. Exactly. Yeah, that's what you, I would do if I was. If there. anybody is, you know, questioning like what the rule change was, <laughs> um, they changed it. It used to be those players who qualified and were eligible for the season-ending 2022 Tour Championship. Well, it was just qualified. They, they, the word "qualified" was yeah. There. Those players qualifying for the season-ending Tour Championship. Or eligible, and they changed it now, you know, where Gooch was was eligible, um, he did qualify for the 2022 Tour Championship because he was in the top whatever, right, last year? Is that correct? Yes, he was in the top 25 of the point
1: standings yes. of the PGA Tour race to the FedEx Cup and going they, into the last And they event.
0: changed qualified to eligible because yes. now he's not eligible because he's not a PGA Tour member. So correct. he got royally screwed there. And like you said, Phil Mickelson wasn't happy about it. And I actually have his comments right here. Um, Phil Mickelson said um, Mike Wan, the uh, USGA ceo said anytime we make changes to our criteria going forward it impacts somebody and that stinks but we can only look forward and phil said hey mike what about changing a rule and making it retroactive to include someone who has already qualified how can taylor gooch not take that personal it's a direct attack on him and his career how does that benefit the usga us open it doesn't just a dick move so Honestly, Phil is being the man of the people, man of live, and he's going out there and he's sticking up for his live counterparts.
1: Yeah, he is doing that. Um, I think it's. I think. I think it's pretty awesome to know that you have someone like Phil Nicholson who is bold in your corner and being in your corner. Yep. Um I do think, though, that stuff like this is ultimately going to hurt nobody except for Phil Nicholson as far as his on game performance. Cause it's one more thing that it's like, kind of like with Rory, like Rory's in a complete slump right now. He's a complete head case right now. Uh, And it's because he tried to be the, 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 he tried to take on things that he didn't need to be taking on. Right. He's trying to be the vocal spokesperson for the PGA in defense of, in defense of the purity of the game, blah, 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 blah. and he's he's doing all that, and it's it's getting in his head, and, and he's not able to focus, and he's, he's he's thinking about other stuff. He has court cases to deal with. Yeah. He has this to deal with subpoenas and interviews. His interviews aren't about his golf game or about his yeah. golf
0: swing. They're about they're about well, well of course. Are you no. going to shake Patrick Reed's hand? Yep. But your buddy Arlo White picked Phil to win this week. He said Phil provided some memorable moments in Augusta, Adelaide, and Singapore, and a return to U.S. shores will see Lefty return to the winner's circle. So hey. I think that's a I think that's a bold prediction. A I, bold. I
1: don't. I uh, I just don't see that for Phil. Um, I think that he's definitely going to still be in form. I think another top twenty finish would be uh, ideal for Phil. Um, I am putting my hedges a little bit differently. To put it that way.
0: Now. Um, Speaking. Uh, who, who do you like this week? We who do I like that? this
1: week? Yep. Well, so it's kind of a complicated situation for me. Uh, I I prefer players that that are going to really trust their iron game, right? In this in this course, this setup. There's a lot of these sucker pins and a lot of these sucker holes where if you you can take a huge risk and take a huge reward. So like Matty Wolf and, and Jason Kokrak could shoot 18 under, they could shoot 26 over. I mean, I'm being serious. This is, this is the kind of course that those two players are complete, absolute wild cards. Um, I don't expect them to come out of the gate hard. I expect them to come out of the gate strong on Sunday, assuming Sunday has the weather that it's supposed to have. Um, however, as far as five players to pick, you're going to, you're going to look me crazy for this one. Um, I'm I'm putting my neck on the line here. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Iron Extenson again. Really, I, I really am. And 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 here's the thing. Um, he he looked really sharp in Adelaide. Um, he he did finish in, t- in the top twenty uh, in that crowded crowded field. Um, Oklahoma golf's a little funky. Okay, you you have to be able to understand and trust and just trust your gut when it comes to your iron distances. When it comes to your wedge distances, and really just know when to not pull out the driver. And there's a lot of holes in this course that I've looked around at the map. I've, I've looked around and it just, there's so many of these holes that a Bryson DeChambeau is going to chunk it in the water or be behind a tree. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I just don't see this being a bomber's paradise. This, is, this is, you know, Stenson trusts that three wood and he's a, he assassin does assassin with that three wood. He does. So, I mean, I'm looking at Gooch, I'm looking at Stenson, I'm looking at U line because U line is just always finding a way to play it. Right. Um, Looking at Cam Smith, you know Cam Smith is coming up in form, so I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm putting I'm putting some bets behind him, even though this isn't his territory. And then the uh, last person, um, you know, it, uh, it's, it's kind of a little bit of a, of a wild card pick on this one, um, but man, I, I I really think that this could be the week that Dustin Johnson comes out of the show. Yeah, I like DJ this week too. He's got distance to be able to attack on holes that he that he that he needs to attack on, but he's just I, I'm seeing a wiser play out of him this year. He's not he's not threatening on leaderboards yet, but he I see a wiser, more calm, collected, soulless player out there, like somebody who's not playing
0: with emotions. And yeah.
1: I think this could be the week that he shows up.
0: And we've seen it for X amount of years in a row on the PGA tour. He always wins every single year at least once. And, you know, he's going to hit a hot streak, and it's halfway through the live season. So, well, a little less than halfway, but, um, at, you know, two more events will be halfway through. But, you know, DJ is going to turn it on, and, and I think I, I like DJ this week. I like DJ and the, the rest of my picks. I'm, I'm going Chalk. I'm going Gooch because how can you leave him off there? Uh, I'm going Brooks because he's playing, you know, amazing right now. And then, you know, I'm going to go with the Oklahoma State products. line Charles Howell III. Uh, with Brooks, Gooch, and uh, DJ, and and Cam Smith, I, I could see Cam Smith doing a little something too because he's been pretty quiet this year, and he's just too good to stay quiet.
1: Well, he's been quiet, but he's been consistently staying around. Yeah, right? and that's that's kind of the big the big thing is that three top these,
0: ten finishes.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of these players that you got to remember that you, if you stick around long enough, you eventually eat. You know, if you find yourself at the dinner table long enough, you're eventually going to get a sandwich. Yeah, and and Cam is Cam is, is definitely hunting. He's definitely gathering. He's he, he's consistently putting up respectable finishes. But one of these weeks, it's going to be one of those where that that those same rounds that he's playing elevate him further up. Um, based on what I'm hearing, so I was talking to Sam Humphrey earlier, who uh, runs the 73rd Hole podcast, and he's saying that the, that the course is wetter than. Well, um, it's wet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, hearing that, that's kind of concerning right now. Um, I know that that particular course is mostly around like a water basin. So that could be by it's pretty soft grass right now. If it's wet, 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 like it's supposed to be and we do get rain, um,
0: you know, it's going to be a very interesting live clean place day. But then also just attack the pin like yeah. crazy. Yeah, people will be going pin hunting, that's for sure. Yeah. And going back to your Stenson and pick, uh, it'll be interesting to see if any of his teammates could also play well, and maybe the Majestics can get out of the cellar. You know, well, they're still well, in please. last place. Yeah, and speaking of that, I
1: mean, some news actually happened this week officially, yeah. um, which I think <sighs> it sucks for Live. It sucks for the DB World Tour. It's literally a lose-lose situation, but there is a winner, okay? Do you know who the winner is in, the, in, 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 in this? Um, it's the actual players for Liv. yeah. Okay, and the reason why, we talked about this earlier. Yeah. Uh, Litigations, lawsuits, commentaries, Bosca Shishka. It's extra time, it's extra stress, it's extra baloney that's not a part of golf. Yeah. That, you know, all of these DP World Tour players, so Graham McDowell, Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, Martin Keimer, Richard Bland, Heinrich Stenson, Sergio Garcia, these guys, have been burned Wiesburger. These guys have been constantly having to be involved in the ongoing battle between live golf and DG the DV world, world tour, tour. Yeah. AKA, the, AKA the PGA tours feeder tour. Yeah. And I PGA mean, it's tours
0: been brother. Yeah. Little brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like a, like second cousin, third remove uh-huh. they abused. And yeah. <laughs> what was speaking of is Stenson Poulter and Lee Westwood gave up their Membership for the DP World Tour, correct?
1: Correct, and pretty much by doing so, it was also done for also the other players. So Bland, uh, Bland, McDowell, uh, Wiesberger, Viesberger, Sergio, um, those players still have some ongoing baloney with it, but pretty much they're done. Also, uh, they you know the, the the ruling was like you guys can't play, you owe us money, whatever. Everyone paid it except for Sergio. Um, but the point is, is that it's done. They're no longer. They're no longer going to try and be a part of that tour, um, and that's just one less headache for them to worry about. Yeah. Which to me, to me, that means that clears their head. That's one less thing they got to think about. I think the Majestics now have the mind
0: clip the mind right. Yeah. They're 100 right. all in live. They don't have to worry yes. about Ryder Cups. They don't have to worry about you know getting into a certain. Of, and honestly, let's be real; those guys weren't worrying about Ryder Cups either. You know anyway, they were worrying about
1: Ryder Cup legacy, like yeah. being vice captains, captains uh, yep. yeah, captains, which every single one of those guys deserves to be. I mean, if you look at the history of the last like 20, 20 years of the Ryder Cup, like the live European players have carried that team um, in, in every single event. I think the, the live roster of European players scored more than 50% of the points for the European yeah, yeah. squad.
0: Yep, so, other than Rory, like who else, you know, like who else other than the guys well, on Live where the Ryder Cup stalwarts, you know? Right. And I mean, you know,
1: obviously Rom's coming up, but I mean Rom is still very young, so yes. remember, remember that. Yep. Don't 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 go forgetting that Rom is very young in terms of Ryder Cup years. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, this is this is good for for the Majestics, this is good for the Cleeks. Um, these two teams are struggling to be competitive and you know, if they if they continue to continue in this direction, you know, some some serious conversation may have to happen, and I don't
0: want that because there's lots of great name value and great talent, and I just love the freaking logo for the Majestics. Like, I'm getting a hat this week. Mm-hmm. Nice, and yeah, uh, Jake will be there um, this weekend. We don't know what day yet, but do you know what day? Is? Uh, I'm expecting Friday is what I was told. I uh, will
1: be getting a, a pass for and. Um, you know, we have a, a we have somebody that's helping us out as far as sorting that out and yep. um, hoping to get more confirmation soon. And we're very thankful for for their support and um, just help be able to shake hands. Uh, and, you know, if you see me up there, I mean, I'll, I, I don't know how I can be obvious. I'm not a very obvious person. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I'll, I will text at, uh, on Twitter, like, where I'm actually at for the hole or whatever. I will probably pick either a group to follow or just pick. I will probably either
0: stay at hole number three or I will pick a group to follow. We need One to get too. some uh, 54 Live podcast shirts or hats made because I'll be at the Bedminster event in in Jersey. So we need to get that so people could notice us, you know.
1: Wow, man. So what what I'll do is I'll, I'll make like a I'll make like a sticker and it just says Yeah, like put it on 54 like 54 Live and just slap it on my chest. Yep. There we go, and then, and then I'll just say say it with my chest, whenever I don't <laughs> <agree with people. laughs> no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, I can do that, something like that. You know, make it a little bit more obvious. I may, but I'll probably, like I said, I'll, I'll at least tweet out where I'm at. Yeah, uh, like I said, I'll be I'll be there Friday. Um, I, I hope okay. to meet some you guys will get us know.
0: Some videos, yeah. and I'll, you know, we want him to enjoy the event, but he'll get a little bit of content
1: for us. Yeah, um, I definitely. Um, I'm debating, like I said, between just hanging out at hole number three, which is going to be kind of the sucker, the, the, yeah. the sucker hole, the drivable. Uh, yeah, um, potentially drivable, uh, par, par four. Um, or, um, you know, just following a specific group. Um, if you guys know, I, I really do like, like, me and Boltish from Heimrich Stenson. So it's very difficult for me to, to, to not want to follow them. I am left handed, so it's difficult for me not to want to follow Bubba. Um, it's, uh, so there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm looking forward to. And yes, if you can't tell that the two teams that I'm going to get
0: merchandise for will be the Majestics and, uh, Rangecoats. All right. Well, yeah. All in all, it'll be a fun weekend this weekend, Mother's Day weekend. Um, Yeah, some great live golf. And honestly, I'm excited because we're finally back in the U.S. and we got a good, you know, TV schedule going. It could finally be live on the CW again because, you know, as as cool as it was to get primetime golf, you know, some of those events ended late. And, you know, I think Adelaide got – great play. Singapore was okay. I think now that they're back in the U.S., you know, you're going to see some ratings go up and you're going to get some more exposure.
1: Well, it was also kind of confusing because, like, for instance, my market didn't do live coverage of the event on CW. They just did replays the next
0: day. Yeah, same. I I think all all the CW did that in in the U.S. because same here in New York. They did a replay and you know, you already knew what happened, you know. But it was good for me because last Sunday you know, I didn't See, I, I purposely didn't look to what happened and I watched it live, but still, you know, a lot of people, if they see a tweet or, you know, a, a news thing pop up on their phone, you know, Taylor Gooch wins, you know, that they might tune in for a little bit to see some shots and to see what was going on. But, you know, you want to watch it live.
1: Well, and you say that, though, I was very there is one reason why I was thankful that, that, that the broadcast happened the way it did, um, because my dad actually watched his first live event. Oh, wow. Yeah, which he, he you gotta understand. My dad, you know, he's old school, like you know, he's classic sixty five plus guy, like <coughs>, mm-hmm, You know that that back, kind of conversation. Back in my day, there was only one toy. <laughs> yeah, you know that kind of stuff. But yeah. you know, with more added more added connotation toward certain directions. Yeah, um, you know, uh, and and I understand. You know, they, they just it's it's easy for people to you know get raw rod. They're not really paying attention to certain things, and you know he was never a big Phil Mickelson fan. He, he calls him Dick, by mm-hmm. the way, and he just he just calls Dustin Johnson dickhead. That's funny. Yeah. Well, you know he he calls it so. Yeah, he has certain players that he just has a nickname for that isn't like you know the best, but I think secretly you have to like the player if you give them a nickname like yeah. that. Yeah. Who's know? his
0: favorite player in the PGA tour? Oh, Spieth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Peace. he's from Fort Worth. Yeah, he's yeah.
1: Yeah, you gotta understand, like we're from
0: Fort Worth. It's like our yeah. boy. Yeah.
1: Uh, but uh, he does root for Tom Hoagie a lot because Tom Hoagie plays at the same course that he does, mm-hmm. so that's also a big deal for him. Uh, but anyway, um so for he actually watched his first broadcast. And the reason why is because I told him, like, hey, dad, Taylor Gooch went back to back. Oklahoma State Cowboy, you know. Mm. You know, which, you know, he's my dad's a sooner, but, but we still root for the Big Twelve. Like you gotta understand, like we're we're huge Big Twelve fans when the Big Twelve isn't playing us. So like, you know, that's a big reason why we like us. but we like us in Speth, you know? Yeah. Texas Longhorn. Yep. Um. um not one of my there. best friends from, uh, growing up in juniors played Played at AM. Uh, he didn't make the big tour, but he's still playing on junior tour. He's still rooting yeah.
0: like crazy. The point is, is that like, um, it's 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 hard not to root for your regional boys, you know? Yep. Unfortunately, Texas and Oklahoma—they're gone now, right? Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's a yeah. We we hate that. We yep. that
0: with the passion. Uh, honestly, it's it, it is a little stupid too, especially when you got U- USC and UCLA playing in the you know Big Ten. You know, yeah, a Big Ten is like a, a conference
1: used to mean something geolocation wise, yeah, and it used, it used to goes. be special because it was geolocation, yep. right? Like, but you know, like like I said, ten years ago they put they put West Virginia in the Big Twelve, and it just it's just like okay, this doesn't make any sense anymore. Yep. But uh,
0: that's for another you know, day. That's for another day. Yeah, guys.
1: Um, as always, we're excited for this week. This week, um, like I said, I'll be out there Friday. That's so that's the game plan. Um, I plan on trying if it's good weather. I would like to get some guys together to play at La Fortune Golf Course in Tulsa on Friday night. Um, if you guys don't know, La Fortune Golf Course is in downtown, is in Midtown Tulsa, which is about five minutes from the golf course, and it is a lighted full golf course. Oh, and they keep it lit until eleven p.m. So that's it'd be awesome. fun be fun after the live event finishes at like six o'clock, seven o'clock. If we don't want to watch the concert that happens that night. We can just go over to, uh, and play and play at the fortune. You know, I, would for love, yeah,
0: I would love, yeah, I would love to add something like that around there. They got a par three. That's, that's lit up at night, which it's pretty cool. Like each hole represents, um, a hole from a famous course. Like they got a St. Andrew's hole. They got the, uh, the ninth hole is, um, the ninth hole is the players. 17th hole, so it's pretty cool. But, you know, like a part three, like you really want to go out there and, and play real golf. So, if it, honestly, if they had a night course here, man, I, I'd play that once a week.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, they have that in downtown Tulsa. Or, sorry, midtown Tulsa. It's the same thing. Uh, but, you know, uh, yeah, it'll be like five minutes from the actual course they're playing at. Uh, and, you know, like I said, if you guys want to see me there, say hello. If you guys uh, want to be a part of that, just hit me up. We'll, we'll make this happen.
0: Yep, and then we'll be back next week with a recap of Tulsa and a little chat on the PGA Championship. But as always, make sure to subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, follow us on Twitter at 54LivePod. And uh, yeah, that's all we got this week, a nice short one. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Later, Jake.